0: friends, it's time to find your balls. Welcome back to the man-made podcast. Good guys who drink and cuss a little. I am your shaman, Jeff Stuckey, riding shotgun. And as always, Greg Allen's got his hands on the wheel so we don't
1: run this thing in the fucking ditch. Morning, sir. Hey, Jeff. So uh, I'm seeing here today's message is uh, you are no one, you can't change, and you should give up. So, uh, can you tell me more about that before we get into it?
0: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it seems self-explanatory, but if you need me to elaborate on that a little bit. Please do. Um, you are no one. You can't change, and you should just give up. Seems <laughs> true to life, doesn't it, it? It does. It's not as encouraging as I was thinking we were going to head with it, but... Yeah, well, um, you know what? that uh, one of my favorite quotes is, the truth is like a fine wine, It has a taste that does not appeal to children. So uh, we had already said that man-made is a lot of things, but it's not for everybody. Um, Not for the faint of heart. But I think there is a deeper point here that is worth consideration, that in fact you are no one. You have a name, right, Greg Mm -hmm. Allen. Mm -hmm. And so when people hear that name, Greg Allen, there are associations that they make with it, right? Same for me, you know, Jeff Stuckey. Jeff Stuckey's a dad, he's a therapist, he's an asshole, whatever those kinds of associations are. But when you think about it, like where did the concept of Jeff Stuckey come from? Not the material being Jeff Stuckey, not the human being that was forced down the birth canal, not that material person, but the concept of Jeff Stuckey. You're born into circumstances, then your parents put a name on you right? So why why did my parents name me Jeff? Because they like it? Think about ice cream. Do you like chocolate or do you like strawberry? I like chocolate. Right. Why so do you like chocolate? I'd say because it tastes good. Because it tastes good, right? Do you have any control over it tasting good to you? No, it's just a thing. <laughs> right. So you put chocolate ice cream into your mouth and suddenly there's an impulse, right, that says this tastes good so I like chocolate ice cream and that doesn't sound significant except you have no control over it at all Mm -hmm. and you put a strawberry into your mouth and you get an unfavorable response and then all of a sudden it's like i don't like strawberry i have no fucking clue why i like chocolate and why i don't like strawberry except my mouth the way that my mouth responds to it so then you think okay my father was attracted to my mother now, he doesn't know why that he turned and saw her one day. Now, if I asked him, he would say, well, she was cute and in be- those kinds of things. I'm like, okay, even if I said, describe cute to me, like what did you, yeah. it, no clue. So he goes and he does whatever he has to do to have sex with her and releases a sperm that's in his body that he has no control over that sperm being there and connects to an egg in her body which she equally had no control over. And guess what? Now, Jeff Stuckey exists. No one asked me, hey, <laughs> you want to do this thing? No, I just got pushed down the birth canal and all of a the sudden, they decided that they would call me Jeff. In that moment, in my infancy, I was assigned Jeff Stuckey. And just like a rat in a maze, I respond positively to things that get me a pellet and I respond negatively to things that don't give me a pellet. So now they send me off to school, right? And so I go to school and I'm sitting in class and the teacher says, Jeff Stuckey. And in that moment, do I have a choice? All of the other little kids are looking at me because I'm supposed to be raising my hand, right? Now, what if I just said, fuck that, I'm not doing this. I'm not, screw you all of you, I'm not, right? No, I raise my hand. So the teacher looks at me unfavorably because when she was little, she went to school with a boy who picked on her. And guess what his name was? His name was Jeff. So now, all of a sudden... I have a negative connotation because my parents picked a name that they put on me, and now I'm having these experiences as a result of it, and they don't even know why they like fucking chocolate ice
1: cream. (laughs) And I'm hearing that so far everything that's happened to you, you didn't actively choose it. You may not even have any influence on it.
0: That is the critical piece. The word that you use that is most important in contemplating this is active. Up until that point, everything is a reaction, Mm -hmm. right? So suddenly, I'm given a name, action that I have no control over, and most things in my life become a reaction to that oh, well, I guess I'm Jeff Stuckey. I guess when people say that name, I respond to that name and then determine how I need to respond favorably or unfavorably. And this is so critical because all of us think that we're free,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. We think that we have freedom to choose, right? Right. We made the choices that got us where we are. Right? (laughs) Did you choose to exist? No, that was, it's a big choice. I didn't make that choice. Nobody fucking asked me. (laughs) It was just
0: deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you pick your parents? No. Nope. Didn't pick (laughs) mine. Mine are fine. But if I'd have got a choice, I'd pick maybe Tom Hanks, (laughs) maybe Tom Brady. I don't know. That'd be some cool shit, right? Like, I mean, I'm just saying if I would have had a choice, did you pick the house that you lived in?
1: No. Did you pick? the neighbors that lived around you. No, no. And these things seem very influential. As you're saying, I'm thinking, yeah, it can make a total difference if I'm block over. And we don't think about the gravity of these sorts of things. Did you choose your wife? Well, now I'm going to say yeah to that. But oh, really? You tell, oh, no. Tell me I'm wrong. How many women are there on the planet? <laughs> Billions. I don't mm-hmm. know. Billions. <laughs> Do you know them all?
0: <laughs> not, not, no, I don't, don't. No. Did you choose the circumstances that you were in where just like your neighbors, yeah. right? Yeah. You w- had circumstances that, well, I guess these are my neighbors. And it's not going to be useful to hate them, so I guess I'll play with Jimmy even though he's a dick and <laughs> takes my toys. And it's like I have s- – my yeah. circumstances yeah. are so controlled. Mm-hmm. And I don't even realize it. The only way I would really have choice about a wife is if I knew, let's say there's 3.5 billion women on the planet, if I knew them all. Mm -hmm. And then I would have choice. But we don't think about the reality up until a point, and this is the point that we want to get our listeners to, everything in my life has been a reaction to circumstances that I had no control over. Mm -hmm. until we really understand the gravity of that. And this is brain fuck. (laughs) I've thought about this, you know, once I diverted from religion and I started being exposed to Eastern ways of thinking and meditation and those kinds of things and then started to have some exposure to Buddhism, which I'm I'm in no way a Buddhist. I, I find the philosophy of Buddhism the degree to which I understand it, I find incredibly intriguing. But the way that they refer to it is the illusion of self. Mm -hmm. You have this concept of self that you're holding on to. And it's not that it's inherently good or bad necessarily, but it is inherently limiting because I've constructed all of these experiences that have been reactions. Our basic driver is approach or avoid, right? Yeah, yeah. So the number one thing that my brain wants me to do is to stay alive, right? Yeah. And so the basic impulse is approach or avoid, approach or avoid. If you approach that, it will keep you alive. If you avoid that, it will keep you alive. Or if you approach that, it will kill you. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes that, and that makes sense when we live in more primitive circumstances, right? Yeah. But then when you put that process in circumstances, a non-primal environment, Right? Mm -hmm. Then it's about favoritism. How do I earn favor? Oh, that got a smile. Oh, that got a frown. So, so still reacting, though, the same way. Exactly. Okay. A favorable response, right? Approach. Yeah. Now, it's a false indicator because favorable things can be really bad for me, right? Yeah. I mean, if pedophiles were monsters, it wouldn't be a problem, right? It'd be like, (laughs) there's one of those motherfuckers. Somebody take that out. But the fact that a predator can blend into plain sight, Mm -hmm. so that favorable response can be a false indicator, but we don't even understand that we're motivated by that, that everything is a reaction to that primary impulse of approach or avoid. Wow. When we start to understand the reality of the fact that I have no clue why I like strawberry ice cream, it's not a conscious thought. I mean, did you ever sit down and consciously think like, okay, there's chocolate ice cream in the world and
1: there's strawberry ice cream in the world? Which one will I like? No, no, that never came up. And I don't even know the the criteria for evaluating one or the other. You know, right. It's just like, okay, that's good and move on.
0: In the, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's that impulsive response, right? It's just, it's that reaction. Yeah. And when we start to develop an awareness to that, then we can start to have action in our life rather than reaction. But it is a difficult, very, very difficult concept to grasp because it almost sounds like nonsense. It almost sounds like it, there's probably several listeners that are thinking, well, this is fucking stupid. Like, why are yeah. we even wasting time? And the reason that it is that threatening is the other part of this that we have to understand. So when I say you are no one, you're fucking no one. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're no one. And you can embrace that. And you can start to
1: think differently about yourself. I I can step out of the reaction and start making action. Is that what you're saying?
0: 100%. Okay.
1: Now, here's the problem though. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And this is where it really, really gets difficult. What is one thing that you and I both know with certainty about each other right now in this moment? We're both alive. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. the the one thing that we know (laughs) with total certainty is we are both alive. So every choice that we have, every reaction has Mm. gotten us to this point, right? Yeah. So you have two parts of your brain and this is critical in understanding this. And this is why you can't change or feel like you can't change. So you have a rational part of your brain, the Frontal cortex that does exactly that rational thought. But then you have another part of your brain, the amygdala, the fight or flight response mm-hmm. that we often call the primal brain. It's your survival instinct. And what that primal brain knows is what you and I know with certainty about each other this morning. So we're both still fucking alive, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And that's due to what the choices we've made or the reactions up to today. Yes. Okay.
0: Now the primal brain codes that, right? Mm-hmm. Approach, avoid, approach, avoid, approach, avoid. It keeps, it keeps <laughs> detail logs of what you should approach and what you should avoid. So that part of your brain becomes highly, highly not, it's not just resistant to change. It hates it. That's why in a moment I can have a very rational thought. So I can sit here and I can think, I want to start working out. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to start working out. And I positive feeling, right? I know that I want to do this. That's the rational brain, mm-hmm. okay? So then the alarm goes off, new behavior. Guess who wakes up first? <laughs> primal brain. Yeah, yeah. And then what the primal brain does is it starts this little function called thought perseveration. And the reason that that is important is the root of the word perseveration, perseverate, is persevere. So when the primal brain starts pushing thoughts in my head, it wants them to persevere. Yeah. It does not, and it wants me also to think that I'm powerless over them. Okay. So they get stuck in there, and I'm just thinking them over and over and over again. So the alarm goes off. Primal brain kicks in. Oh, you're really fucking tired. It's really cold outside. You can do it tomorrow. And it feels like a force that I don't have control over. Mm-hmm. It wants me to keep
1: doing the things that I have been doing. They don't, at all had to be in line with what the rational brain has said. Here's what I want to do to be different. It's, yes. it's against that. Totally. And
0: that's a key point. The rational brain. And the primal brain cannot function at the same time. So the primal brain is an override. How people often experience this is through test anxiety. So it's the night before the test, right? And I'm studying and I'm looking through my flashcards and I'm processing information into memory, which is all the the prefrontal cortex, the the rational brain, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got 100 on all my flashcards. I'm feeling confident. So I'm walking to school, I'm like, I got this. And then some dumb ass says something that I didn't study. <laughs> and all of the sudden, I feel a little bit of panic, like, oh shit, I don't, I don't even know what that is, yeah. which is, becomes threatening to me. So I thought, start to perseverate. And then what literally happens is that the primal brain turns the prefrontal cortex off. So then, when I sit down to take the test, I can't remember. I think I can't remember, but it's not that I can't remember. It's that this part of the brain is turned off. Yeah. And so, typically, in a situation like that, what do I do? I just hurry, right? Yeah. It's like, oh shit, and this and this. It's actually me functioning in my flight response. Yeah. So, without understanding this, change is impossible. So just the worry and anxiety forced you back into the the primal brain exactly because the primal brain interprets that as a threat yeah right yeah. a threat to my existence it's not a bear but I may not get a pellet if I don't do well on this test mm-hmm. that favorable response so all of the sudden the primal brain says you're in trouble hijacks the system yeah yeah early on in our evolution one of the basic functions was fear the new. If it's new, could be good for you, could kill you, right? Right, right. And so our rational brain, our prefrontal cortex, is kind of new to the game. Evolutionarily, it's not been around as long as the primal brain, and so it's not even a fair fight. So when the primal brain says, I'm going to hijack the system, it fucking hijacks the system. And I feel powerless to those thoughts. I don't feel like I can turn them off. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why I can get really excited about something. Let's say I go to a, life coach conference right and they got the loud music and they got the fucking fireworks going right and you're super duper special and we're doing some kind of little dancey dance and we got some kind of saying right that we all do (laughs) together crush it or whatever that sort of thing is so two things are happening to me one I'm super super high on dopamine because I'm at a fucking rock concert right and then I also have another chemical in my system called oxytocin which makes me feel connected connected to these other people. Hmm. And so, these two experiences, high on dopamine, which we talked about with our Valentine's Day podcast, that when you fell in love, you were high on dopamine. So, now, Life Coaches got me high on dopamine, and I feel totally, I got this kumbaya going with (laughs) the people next to me, because we say all these mantras together, and I make these absolutely enormous promises to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm changing everything, man. Yeah, me too. We can do this, man. I love you. I know I love you. No, man. I mean, I really love you because we're fucking jacked yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we go home. We got our goals and all that shit. And guess what starts to happen? Dopamine yeah. levels crash. Yeah. We're not arm-in-arm beating each other's chest so the oxytocin diminishes. Mm -hmm. And then all of the sudden, the primal brain says, what the fuck are you, you ain't fucking. (laughs) So now the primal brain starts to see this new and it starts talking to me. Yeah. Who are you, you don't, you're not going to do this. I mean, you're, there's no way you're, whatever that, whatever those thoughts Mm -hmm. are and I feel powerless to them until I do one thing, go back to the norms. Once I get back on the same damn path that I've always been on, guess what? Primal brain goes back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Rational brain typically kicks in, and then I feel shitty about myself. Yeah, I feel like I'm never going to change anything. You know, I have that yeah. sense of helplessness. Yeah. And then now that's good for me, right? Because I've got you addicted to me. Like you got to <laughs> come to my next conference, yeah. and you're like, I got to go back, man. Oh fuck, man. where the fuck am I going to get to? I got to do it though, man. I got to. You're chasing that high, right? That dopamine high and that feeling of oxytocin and that sense of invincibility, which is fucking awesome Mm -hmm. until you leave the conference. Mm -hmm. You can change if you understand that. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that any change that you ever are going to make in your life is going to require. A Herculean amount of effort. You don't get in shape by laying on the couch.
1: <laughs> Seems right? obvious. Yeah.
0: Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to personal, psychological, emotional change, we think that it's gonna be fun and yeah. and you know, oh yes, and all and it's like that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Any change is gonna require a significant amount of effort. And it's not because you're so incompetent or incapable. It's because there's literally two people inside of your head. Mm -hmm. Your rational brain, which is oftentimes thinking beyond the self, I wonder if I could do this, I wonder if I could do that, I wonder if I could do this. But then when I start to pursue that, it becomes terribly difficult because that
1: primal brain says get back to being jeff stuckey right right what's our how it's already been defined what's kept you alive well I, i'm kind of afraid to ask this but <laughs> your last point was that uh, you should give up so uh i'm hoping this is going to redeem it all but you want to open that up all of those reasons
0: combined are why we feel like we should give up we feel defeated. And that force that we step into, it feels like there's no way that I can overcome this. Yeah, yeah. And it is difficult. I wish I could tell you that there's an easy way to change. There is no easy way to change. Every cliche about the toughest things in life, all they're cliches because it's true. Yeah, yeah we can't remain reactors in our world. We can't continue to be rats that are just seeking pellets of favorability. Mm -hmm. We have to become a force of action. Mm -hmm. And if we can't make that distinction, that, yeah, I have no fucking clue why chocolate ice cream makes me smile and Mm -hmm. strawberry ice cream doesn't, that I'm a pawn in that game, but I don't have to. Yeah. If we don't make that change in our thinking, then we will continually feel like we should just give up.
1: Yeah. So that's what we have to give up on, though. Give up on the on the Jeff Stuckey that was a reactor and say that guy survived 50 years, but we're gonna have a new guy going forward.
0: And and it's not that I have to reject. Everything about right, right. you know, there's aspects of this concept of Jeff Stuckey that are favorable. Mm-hmm. And it would be, you know, if I decided to change my name to, I don't know, Moonshadow, you know, I <laughs> fuck that, you know. I mean maybe I just in the <laughs> recesses of, of my own mind, I'll <laughs> I am moonshadow in my morning pep talks. That's fucking you know, I'm and I don't want the social I it yeah. it but just understanding that is a reasonable thing that I should be able to so I don't have to completely change myself. There are aspects of Jeff Stuckey that have been very useful mm-hmm. for my survival. And there are aspects of it that haven't yeah, yeah. you know for me, <laughs> religion was not useful or helpful for my survival. and so, I had to change which was incredibly difficult. I mean, you know, when you have been oriented to something for 42 years mm-hmm. and you decide to take on your primal brain, you think it's <laughs> <That's> a fight. <laughs> you think that fucker's going to give up easily. I mean, and that was what really catapulted me into meditation because my anxiety had gotten just completely unmanageable. Mm-hmm. The only relief from my anxiety that I would get was literally when I drove to my office, saw clients all day, drove back home. Because that, that was the familiar path, yeah, right? Yeah. But then when I was not the evangelical Bible-believing and I was in the recesses of my own mind, Oh, buddy, (laughs) 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 the primal brain was waiting for me, telling me what an awful person I was, how I had disappointed my, I mean, just Mm -hmm. constant. And so the relief from that was what really led me into meditation, which opened up more of my thinking and understanding about the illusion of the self and those kinds of things. But it's a fucking fight. Yeah. And what the awesome thing is, you can win it. You have the resilience to do it. If you know these things, and if you know truly how the game is played, you can
1: win it. It sounds like you're going to have to take a very assertive stance on that. You're going to have to say, I'm no longer going to be the reactor. I'm going to start making my choices, being deliberate about it. And like you say, you don't throw everything aside, but you question everything. I would even need to go back and question, do I really like chocolate ice cream or not? I mean, some of those things I'm going to leave alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> but, right.
0: Some of them are not useful to contemplate, but yeah. just to have that awareness. Like, I'm just going to keep eating the fucking ice cream. Took yeah. Me,
1: sure. yeah, and that'll keep us somewhat stable. But the other thing, some things just aren't working. And it, it shouldn't be hard for us to figure out what's not working, especially in relationships. You know, we can see. Hey, that that's not working for me. Let me step back and assess where I'm reacting to things, and then be assertive about making a positive choice. Right. That makes sense.
0: And knowing that, when you step back and you make that observation, right, you're doing that in your rational brain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, yeah. I'm not happy in this relationship. <laughs> so at at that yeah. moment, it's a great idea, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then that fucker primal is waiting for you. Yeah. Oh, you think you're going to change? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And the other thing is, okay, so you've developed systems that are dependent on you, right? Mm-hmm. So your wife, she may or may not dig this whole illusion of self, <laughs> right, right? right? So she's been dependent on you being a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that has been linked to her primal brain, right? Yeah, yeah. And even if you two rationally can say, this isn't good for us, but you make this decision, right? You're all enlightened, and you go back into your relationship, and you disrupt her balance. Yeah. She ain't gonna reward
1: you for that. No, no. So I'm fighting two battles that not only in my brain, but in how that how she's gonna respond to something.
0: Right? Because now her primal brain is also saying the same thing. Yeah. Right? Fear the new. Yeah. So she's reacting to this new behavior out of this primal response. So if you're thinking she's going to bake you a fucking cake because you're making a change, even if her (laughs) rational brain wants to do that, that's still how we respond. And when we understand that, one, we're prepared for those perseverating thoughts, Mm -hmm. but then two, we can work against them, Mm -hmm. then we can change in meaningful ways. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we have to go into that knowing that there's going to be a fight at every turn. So I'm thinking I need to lock on to the reward that I want at the end. Like I want to be a person that I've chosen to be. I don't want to just be the person that was created by reactions. So how do I lock on to that?
0: Well, the best thing to do, and this is something that, you know, we've talked about that the, you may not know you're in crisis, but the American psychological association knows you're in crisis. Two of those crises for men are one, we are uncomfortable with what we call vulnerable emotions. So we like anger and we like happy. Mm-hmm. Fuck the rest of them. <laughs> That's it. it. Right? <laughs> You ask a guy how he's feeling, he's either feeling good or bad. That's it. There's no there there's he doesn't have like an emotional wheel that's like, uh, slightly anxious and mildly depressed. No. (laughs) So it's not that we
1: don't have the word. We don't even have the emotion. Uh, We ain't doing that shit, right? (laughs) Okay.
0: So we're so we are socialized to cut that off. So then when we're when we get into that place of vulnerability, it's very uncomfortable for us. Mm -hmm. The other crises is that Every one of us lack adequate physical and emotional support from other men. Mm-hmm. We can't do vulnerability with each other. Right. We can't say, I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm depressed. If I came up to you and said, dude, man, I'm fucking struggling. Can I have a hug? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. One, I don't even think I could make myself do that. <laughs> Which is part of that socialization yeah. that I have to work on. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you're I mean, you're one of my best friends. Like, why fuck I should be hugging you all the time? But yeah. it's like that socialization that's just like, man, we're good. Yeah. We're yeah. good here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so developing that and and that's that's why man made is here for guys who want to take this on. We have to have a place of like-mindedness, and we have to have a place where people are for us in the difficulty of this. And that's what man-made is here to do.
1: Well, I got to say, you uh, certainly redeemed that whole notion of uh, you are no one, you can't change, and you should give up. Yeah, I I will say I was a little worried. (laughs) I pulled it off, though. You did, you did. just got to
0: stay patient, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. So, yeah, I appreciate you doing that. Jeff. Shaman. Shaman Jeff. (laughs) Shaman Jeff. Yeah.
0: And as always, we, we appreciate you keeping your hands on the wheel and making sure that we don't run this thing in the ditch. It seems like we made it to our destination yet again.
1: Yep. We did. All right. Well, thanks everybody. All
0: right. Thank you again for joining us. If you liked the podcast today, uh, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. Remember that's the first part of finding your balls. If you didn't like it, uh, it's because you haven't found your balls yet and uh, just don't do a fucking thing thanks guys